if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed, it is, and hour number two is underway. Nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Friday, the second morning of the 10th month of the year, year of our Lord 2020. We will have more open phone lines, phone calls coming up shortly. But I do want to welcome a guest to the program to talk about uh, this uh, uh, medical side of things. We talked about it from the political side a little bit with Kurt Schlichter last half hour, and now let's talk about it from the medical point of view. President Trump. First Lady Melania Trump, uh, White House advisor Hope Hicks, among those who have tested positive for COVID-19. Virtually everybody uh, within the president's inner circle, including the president and all reporters and those around him, are tested every single day. Uh, so this is not something that should be a surprise to finally get a positive test. Uh, but what does it mean going forward for the president? What does it mean going forward for the country? Will it change any policies? Uh, that's what we're here to talk about with Dr. John Davidson. Dr. Davidson is back with us from uh, Case Western Reserve University and University Hospitals. Doctor, good to have you back. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. So, you know, the political ramifications of this are, you know, to be to be discovered, I guess, to be to be determined. Um, but but I want to talk about this from a health standpoint. Um, it seems to me that a lot of people, at least in the last you know twelve hours or however long it's been since people found this out, I actually found out at three o'clock in the morning. I woke up in the middle of the night, uh, checked my phone to see what time it was, and of course you know I have alerts on my phone uh, come up on my screen, and sure enough, there it was: alert, uh, President Trump and First Lady test positive for uh, coronavirus. Uh, so, however many hours it's been since people discovered this, Doctor Davidson. Uh, people are suggesting, or at least maybe their fear is suggesting, that this is far worse than anybody thought. If the President of the United States can get it, then, oh my goodness, uh, you know, how dangerous is it for everybody else? Does the positive test of one man among 330 million people in this country change the trajectory of the contagiousness of this disease, Doctor? So, Bob, great question. Um, no. Absolutely not. And we have to be very careful when we get these positive tests not to overreact to them, right? Uh, when you get the president, the leader of the free world that has a positive test, I think it's kind of natural that everyone's going to have this knee-jerk reaction. Oh, my God, the world's going to end. The stock market's going to crash. I think we've got to be very careful when we see positive test results for a variety of reasons. 
there's a very high level of community spread. We can argue all day about how it affects people. We know that the vast majority of people that get affected with coronavirus or COVID are completely asymptomatic. Now, I don't want to downplay it either. He's 74 years old. He fits in that age group where you got to be a little bit more concerned. But Mm -hmm. I do not want to overreact to a single test result or any test results for that matter. I mean, this goes back to over the summer with Florida reporting upwards of 15,000 positive tests a day or whatever the number was. And the vast majority of those numbers were in the age group of 18 to 35, young, healthy people that very few got sick. We never saw the overrun hospitalizations from them. We never saw the incredible fatalities that we were all potentially worried about or expecting. So I think there's two different facets to this disease and this virus. One is test results, and then secondly is how is this then affecting the body. And we're not seeing that. So he's healthy right now. Let's pray for his recovery. Let's pray that he stays healthy, both him and the First Lady. But let's not overreact to that positive test result. Yeah, I think that's very well said. And we'll throw Hope Hicks into that as well. She's an advisor to the president uh, who uh, was diagnosed uh, yesterday as well, uh, which is kind of what prompted the latest round of tests. And of course, we'll say this about everybody and anybody who is dealing with an illness or a virus like this. Um, so Let's let's go back to the part about um, the president's health. Um, he is in the advanced age range. He's seventy four. We all know that over seventy over the age of seventy, it is a higher vulnerability. Uh, it was repeated again this morning. The virus has around a ninety nine point five percent recovery rate. The vast majority of people who get it don't know they have it, and if they do have it, it's mild, and they bounce back from it with no problem. Um, but the the number goes down in terms of the recovery. Indeed, when you are over seventy and when you have a comorbidity, and we are told that the president is in the obese classification, even though he doesn't look like he's necessarily obese. He's a big man. He's six foot three. He's about 244 pounds, I, I heard this morning from a physician on, the, on, on television. Um, so he is classified, according to the BMI scales, as obese. Does that change the equation at all to you, given the fact that, A, again, he has not been symptomatic yet, and B, his stamina, Dr. Davidson, I mean, I can't chronicle his movements every day on the radio. His stamina in going from place to place, visit to visit, rally to rally, et cetera, and so forth, I don't understand how he does it. He never seems to show wear and tear and fatigue despite his age. It's it's absolutely incredible. If you look at the tweet when he announced it last night, I think it was at 1 a.m. when he announced it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's not sleeping much. He's going every day, 74 years of age. He seems to be in very good health. Um, so most likely he's going to do, he's going to do well from this. I think we can confidently say that. I mean, he's going to have the best medical care. All eyes are on him. All eyes are on the first lady. I think they're going to do fine. I think when you start talking the politics of it, that's when it starts to, as always, get kind of complex and confusing. Uh, for example, there's always two facets to this virus. One is, how does it affect you individually? And I think we can say fairly confidently that the vast majority of people that get this virus, as you pointed out, are going to do just fine. But we do have to be concerned about the vulnerable population. and We do have to be concerned that people out there might be vulnerable, and we don't even know they may be vulnerable. So we've got to be careful about that. And that's it. And the other thing I just wanted to caution you on is, you're, you're right, people do recover from this and have no consequences. But we still don't know the long-term effects of this virus. You know, there's some theories out there about cardiac side effects and a whole host of other organ involvements that we just don't fully understand yet, and including lung involvement as well. So it's just in the infancy of this thing, and we just don't have a lot of information even yet. 
Dr. We're talking to Dr. John Davidson from uh, Case Western Reserve University and University Hospitals. You know, the other thing I wonder about this test is what it really means. Is he even sick and is he even contagious? Because I'll go back to the um, uh, advisory from the CDC of about a month ago, and maybe a little less, in which they said that as many as 9 in 10 positive tests could be positive tests picking up particles from a dead virus uh, or antibodies from somebody who had it previously, didn't know it, and has such a trace amount that, yeah, it's going to trigger a positive test because of the sensitivity of some of the tests. So we don't really even know if the president is sick right now or if he's got the remnants of something that maybe he he got without symptoms weeks or months ago. Well, believe it or not, and that's a great point, if you look towards the NFL, I know the NFL is not the most popular right now, but if you look at how they're testing players, it's very interesting. They're doing the same swab test that, that everybody's getting, but there's another variable on these swab tests. There's no question what you just said is absolutely correct. These swab tests can pick up minute fragments of dead virus, which could then equate to not being infectious at all, not being sick, number one, and number two, not even being able to spread it. But there's now an objective indicator on these tests. I'm sure he has it. I'm sure the White House has it. There's something called a cycle threshold on these tests. And that just means how many cycles does it take to pick up these minute particles. And the higher that number, the less likely or the less amount of viral particles, and then hopefully can then be translated into the less infection rate and less spreadability. And the NFL is using this number. So basically, if somebody tests positive, and they have a very high cycle threshold, meaning that it's taking so many cycles to pick up the virus, yeah, they'll quarantine them for a day, then they'll retest them in subsequent days. If they then come back negative, these people are returning to the field in, you know, three to five days sometimes, or earlier. There, now, there were some apple, 77 little... NFL players, I apologize, but just let me stick That's this right. in and then continue. Some 77 NFL players that all tested positive, then negative. Is that what you're talking about? False positives. And then they're coming right back with this, I don't know if it's the cycle test, the same thing you're talking about we're like oh i guess they're not sick after all that's what they're using now false positives it's kind of semantics here because the tests are positive but what does positive mean that's where we really got to get down and dirty with this we don't know we still don't understand what these tests mean but we're starting to learn different aspects of these tests that might help us indicate that and what i was just about to say was that little apples and oranges here is that NFL players are young and healthy and, you know, they're not 74 years old and, and they don't have comorbidities, at least most of them, as a population. So you can be a little bit more careful with them. But I think the key is you don't want them to spread. So if we can now start honing our testing into identifying that some of these tests are just picking up insignificant amounts of virus that aren't spreading, I think that's only going to help, you know, even besides getting a vaccine, besides anything else. If we can get our testing fine-tuned better to be able to detect things like that will be in a much better place that's that's a very good point uh, is is that what happened with uh governor dewine when no his De- positive and then his negative yeah dewine had an antigen test which is their quick 15-minute test which they did before he wanted to meet the president at the shoreby club if you remember correctly right, right. and that came back positive and those have a notoriously high false positive rate then they went back and gave him the pcr the nasal swab test the next day which came back negative and how long does that take? 
um, which the the swab the, the test. second because you said the one is a fifteen minute rapid test, the swab test, the the, the PCR test, because they knew the next day that he was yeah. uh, that he was clear. So it, it's less than twenty four hours, obviously. Yes, absolutely. And some are even within hours now. It all depends on what lab. Obviously, the president they're going to get it read right away. Uh, the general public, there's been some that have taken upwards of a week to come back. All yeah. depending on you know testing demand. It's all with the testing company how they can keep up with it and so forth. So this is a little bit off the actual story of the president, but he did announce a couple of days ago, uh, in fact, I think it was Monday, uh, the 150 million rapid tests that are going to be distributed. Um, what are those? What is is that what you just talked about, the antigen test? Because well, if they have a bunch of false positives, we're going to get a ton of new coronavirus positives and people are going to freak out again. So they're getting better. Um, there are a variety of different types of rapid tests, antigen testing just being one of them. They're now starting to potentially get saliva tests. Uh, saliva has a little bit of a problem. It's just hard to handle, hard to deal with. It kind of, quote-unquote, gunks up their machines a little bit, so it can get a little bit difficult to handle from a mass production standpoint. But those are examples of what we call point-of-care or rapid testing, where you can get an immediate result. But you've got to always understand that any point-of-care testing we do, we do is not as accurate as the ones that take a little bit longer. So it can be used as a screening tool, for example. But you're right. If it's false positive, you're still going to have to have that negative test. Hopefully, these will just get better and better. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are certain air, some airports in this country now that are offering rapid tests before you get on an airplane. I think Tampa, Florida is one of them. Last thing, Dr. John Davidson, before you go, do you anticipate, this is more of a political question, and you're on the med side, but still, uh, do you anticipate that there will be any new calls above and beyond what we have already heard for a re-lockdown or a re-shutdown? Or, for example, in Florida, Dr. Or Governor Ron DeSantis is under criticism from many on the left for saying that we are lifting all state restrictions, businesses can be open fully, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that the president being diagnosed will change any of those policy decisions? On a local level or on a national level? Certainly not going to happen on a national level. Well, no, we locally. That. I mean, yeah, locally. Do you think governors Do you think governors will look at this and say, you know, this is, you know, the overreaction that you talked about in the very beginning here, that they will change their policies based on this? Because i got to believe that the president doesn't want them to. He said on the debate stage on Tuesday directly in this argument with Biden, we need to open America, open America. I doubt his own positive diagnosis is going to change that view. Gosh, I hope not. So um, that's my response. I, I don't think, I think that it's even lockdowns, as much as you hear these politicians talk about them, I think they're still horribly unpopular. I think that most people want to get back to work. I think most people want to get their kids back to school. I mean, that's my feeling. So I think that, you know, when this first started, we had no idea. Now we have a little bit of a better idea. So we're getting more science as the days go on. Hopefully we can go on, live our lives, do things that we need to do, and just be careful and use common sense. Yeah, and that's, as people like to say, that's very uncommon uh, in this day and age, unfortunately. Un uh, common sense, that is. Dr. John Davidson, University Hospitals, Case Western Reserve University. Thanks so much for the input. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks, Bob. Take care. All right, 1022, we'll get a quick time out. We are guest-free the rest of the way. What does that mean? Full-on uh, free-for-all Friday. Open lines, you pick the topic, you say what you got to say. I will share with you the rest of the Lakewood story that I promised in hour number one, too. But uh, the rest of the time is yours. 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110 on The Authority. All right, 1026. 
little programming note, but note by the way, uh, you do not just have 34 more minutes of the Bob France Authority for the week. You actually have three hours and 34 more minutes. If you tune in tonight, six to, uh, 7 to 10, actually, here, 7 to 10, I'll be hosting for Larry Elder tonight nationally. So uh, you're going to want to tune in. We're going to have a lot of great conversations with a lot of people around the country about uh, this presidential positive test and its ramifications and more. So I'll be in for Elder tonight. Make sure you tune in. Uh, Janet is calling us from Lakewood on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience, Janet. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, yes, I lived in Lakewood for, oh, gosh, over 35 years and um, starting to clean out because I don't think I'm going to be here long. Um, I After I heard your last radio uh, show, when you talked about that, um, I called the superintendent's office and the um, president of the uh, school board. And now let me tell you first, the superintendent, he is a black gentleman, which I'm fine with that. that I don't even care about that. But he gets in his car at night, and I believe he lives in Shaker Heights. So when all heck breaks loose in Lakewood, he's not here to contend with it. But anyway, when I got to the point where it came to, you know, I said, you know, can my kids and myself help it that the Lord made us white? And I said, but I'll be darned if, if my kids or myself I said, we are not racist. We are decent people. That's how I raised my children. But I said, you think you're going to white shame my kid after you pass this huge levy in this town? And when, as soon as I said that about, about, you know, not shaming my kids for being white, I got, I got basically screamed at by both parties. So really? they don't care. No, yes. Number two. What, what specifically, a, if you can, hold on, hold on, Janet, uh, hold on. What specifically did the superintendent scream at you when you said that? Well, he did, I didn't talk to him. I talked to their person, to the person there. Oh, oh, oh. They started getting very nasty and talking very loud. And then when I got to the, well, they don't like the fact that I said, I am not going to kneel for anybody but my God. So this all has yeah. to do well, they, with... Well, they certainly don't like to be, to be challenged. Religious. Yes. Yeah, they well, don't like to be challenged, is. but... Mm-hmm. When you get a liberal and you back them into the corner and they have no answers, that what that's what they do. But number two, Bingo. Megan George, who is our as our as our um, mayor, if you drive around Lakewood now, it, it's like Sanford and Son. There's trash all over the the, the tree lawns twenty four seven, even on holidays. There's gang raiding all over. No one's taking care of their homes and no one's mowing their lawns because. She's too busy arguing with the police department and making our people that work for the city take these little training, these racist training classes, along with the YMCA here in Lakewood. And I have actually talked to one of our policemen here and said, do I dare put a a Blue Lives Matter sign in my yard? And they said, don't do it, because we can't guarantee your safety. Now, our our, our police chief has resigned, or not resigned, he retired. Um, the other people are telling me that people are leaving like gangbusters. In January through next um, through next spring, people are retiring and no one's standing up to, to, to come in and take these jobs. So all the snowflakes out there, do well, me a favor. Go to the phone book, hire yourself a counselor, and when you want to use my police, my decent police that I have depended on and had two- to three-minute response time and have always been here for me, don't use my police. Call your frickin', uh, you know, counselor to come and, and bail you out of trouble. I've had it with this town. It is a mess. And you know what? I'll tell you this, and then I'll shut up. I went to Walgreens. I had a little bar pin that said Trump on it. The, the, the lady there actually told me, 
Trump should be put in a noose and dragged down the street behind a pickup truck. And when I called their management, they didn't care. So this is what we deal with in Lakewood. If there's anybody out there that wants to start uh, support the police group, put it online on your show or something, but I will help. But I, I, I'm getting out of well, here, you know, for the next two years because Janet, I, you listen, know, I, I've got to run here. I've got to run. I, it's a lot of ground. And thanks for the call. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't regret anything that you you talked about there. It's just that there's so much of it I couldn't respond to it here before the news. So I'll try to do that on the other side and also share the rest of the Lakewood High School story with you uh, after the news on AM 1420. The answer. Looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended? This isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yeah, that warning uh, really could not be more timely uh, because of what I'm about to do and what we're about to talk about real quick before I go back to the phones for open lines and uh, free-for-all. People have been calling about the Lakewood story from last Friday, and so I want to give you the update on it. We got an update yesterday. Last Friday, I told you this, my son's high school team was playing at Lakewood High School, so I was in the stadium for their pregame ceremony. It started out, innocently enough, with the Lakewood High School alma mater. Then they transitioned into another song after the alma mater. We didn't know what that song was until, as it started about halfway through it, we got this reading into the PA uh, system from the school's band director. Listen. As the band plays, lift every voice and sing. Let us pause and reflect on the inequalities that our nation has faced since its beginning. The deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Tamir Rice, among others, remind us of the systemic racism that persists across so many of our nation's institutions and society as a whole. By acknowledging, discussing, and taking action to address these inequalities, Lakewood City Schools aims to be an agent of change, not only in our community, but in the world. We must all take a stand against racism. Let this be the moment when our children someday look back and say, Yes, and it was a hearty round of applause from the Lakewood side of that stadium last week, talking about the inequality that has persisted in this country since its beginning and the systemic racism that continues to infect its institutions and the oppression of the people of color like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and and Tamir Rice, all of whom, of course, were killed in various different types of encounters with police officers. So the systemically racist institutions being spoken of were policing, among other things. So this social justice moment brought to you by Lakewood City Schools, but not in a symposium for racial uh, issues, not for a school assembly that should be voluntary in nature, but for a football game in which a captive audience of football fans who were there to watch football and nothing more were treated to this America is racist screed. All right. That was last Friday to say that this has exploded in the faces of the Lakewood school officials is an understatement. 
I have found out through various sources that this did not go through the Lakewood School Board last week, nor most of the administration. The only two individuals who knew that the song was going to be played by the band, the Lift Every Voice and Sing song, which is known as the Black National Anthem, that is being played before NFL games, which is clearly what drove Lakewood High School to take this to the high school level. The only individuals who knew were the band director and the principal of the high school, and she's the only one who signed off on it. Uh, Or I'm sorry, she being the band director as well as the principal. Now, since that time, I've learned of a couple of other things, including that Lakewood police have informed Lakewood City Schools they will no longer provide security for the football games at Lakewood until a profound apology is delivered. Now, that apology is apparently not forthcoming. However, I received this from two different sources yesterday, that the mayor of Lakewood, Mayor George, got with the school superintendent, Barnes, and with the high school principal, Walters, again, who originally approved the script last week, and they came to what they are calling some sort of a compromise, something that will be read before the game, and then something that will be done at halftime for first responders. This is what I received, again, from two different sources. The Lakewood High School Marching Band will now be performing the moving song Lift. This is a script, by the way. Uh, The band director will read, The Lakewood High School Marching Band will now be performing the moving song Lift Every Voice and Sing. The piece was originally written to honor the birthday and legacy of President Abraham Lincoln. We are honored to perform this piece that carries both historical and musical importance. And I'll stop and interject this. If they were to stop there, we might be okay. But no. It reflects the collaborative work of two brothers, James Weldon Johnson, who wrote the original poem in 1900, and J. Rosamond Johnson, who set the poem to music. Lift every voice and sing sets an atmosphere of reverence for the journey of people of color, gratitude for the selfless sacrifices of their ancestors, and for the inheritance of indomitability and resilience. The song recognizes these moments as important to move forward toward hope and faith for a better future and a better America. The song is universally uplifting. It speaks to every group that, it, that struggles. We must take a stand against racial, economic, and social injustice. Let this be the moment that our children someday look back and say, when we, uh, this is when we fully saw and recognized the need to stand together for change and respect with respect and civility for all. So that's their idea of a compromise. They removed the names of Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd and Tamir Rice, and they removed the line about systemic racism across our institutions, but still through the we must take a stand against racial, economic, and social injustice in there. Now, that's the pregame plan at Lakewood going forward, and their idea is to placate the angry police officers who refuse to work their games with a halftime message, which will come about an hour and a half after the game starts, after the pregame message. At halftime, when everybody's going to get food or going to go to the bathroom, they're going to read, quote, As we prepare for the second half of tonight's contest, let's please take a moment to acknowledge and thank Lakewood's first responders. The work of our police, firefighters, and EMTs is challenging and oftentimes dangerous. These brave men and women put their lives on the line each day to protect us and keep our community safe. We are grateful for their service and their dedication to the city of Lakewood. So that's what Lakewood's plan is in response to the uproar that they you know, received 
uh, after what I played for you from last week. And I'm going to tell you what I told both of my sources who gave me this information. It is still crap. It does not go far enough. It is ridiculous and insulting that they would try to placate and buy off the Lakewood Police Department with that ridiculous halftime message about first responders. This garbage has no business being forced down the throats of a captive audience at a football game, a high school game. In what way is it appropriate to have this conversation about race relations and social justice and history at a football game? If they want to share a message like this, as I said before, at a voluntary assembly at the school where race relations will be on the docket for discussion, and people can choose to voluntarily go to that, whether they've been members of the community or the student body, fine. Discussions are good. Tell the, tell the people there's going to be a program on social justice or race relations, and it's open to the public. Fantastic. Super then the people who choose to come to hear it can go and hear it. But to force feed this to a stadium full of football fans who bought a ticket for a game and not for a social justice lesson from the bullcrap principal, you heard me right, and the bullcrap band director, and now apparently with the sign-off from the bullcrap superintendent and the bullcrap mayor of Lakewood is just bullcrap. This is not satisfactory. And if you are a resident of Lakewood that takes pride in your flag, if you're a resident in Lakewood that takes, and you pay money in the form of property taxes through levies to fund this school, I would suggest to you that you bombard the next school board meeting. Now, I don't know how they're doing school board meetings in the age of COVID. I don't know if you're allowed to go and attend in person or if it's only going to be Zoom or whatever it is. But you darn well better let them know how you feel. This is trash. And that trash does not, absolutely does not have a place at a high school football game. You want the woke NFL people to do that stuff? Fine. Go watch the, that's why I haven't watched the NFL. Not one snap. Nor the NBA since they came back. You want to go and celebrate all of this political and racially divisive misinformation and these calls for social justice, etc. You want to celebrate that crap on the professional fields? Fine. We can choose to, to watch or not to watch that. But when your kids are playing a high school game and parents are going there not to choose to hear social justice arguments read into the loudspeaker by a bunch of liberal halfwits, eh, that's a little bit, a little bit um, uh, generous. Quarter wits in the administration of the school district and in the administration of the Lakewood government. When you want to force that upon people there who are not there for that, that's where a line's got to be drawn. And I hope, I really hope that all taxpayers and parents and people who are sick and tired of, and by the way, it is exactly what a previous caller said it was. It's white shaming, telling every white person there, you are the problem for all of the people of color in Lakewood. You are the problem for all of the people of color in the United States. We are systemically racist because of you. 
And the reason we know they're saying it's only because of us is because they tell us on a regular basis on the, on the left and through BLM and other places and CNN and MSNBC that people of color can't be racist because they're not in power. The only people who can be racist are the people in power. That means whites. So if we are systemically racist, it means white people are racist. They're white shaming your kids in Lakewood schools. And now the fans in Lakewood football games. Find out when the Lakewood school board meeting is. Attend it. Be heard during it. Demand an end to this nonsense or you'll forego paying your levy, your, uh, your uh, property taxes for their levies. I mean, this is unconscionable. They thought that they made things better with this piece of trash? Here's what I think of their new script. I feel like Nancy Pelosi at the State of the Union Address. Except mine is valid. Bob, Medina, AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Bob, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Bob, just a real quick question. I just registered yesterday to vote. And um, is there a website where I can review uh, some of the candidates and the positions that they uh, stand for, other than just uh, voting for a, a R or a D? Ballotpedia is a good one, as well as iVoters.com. In fact, that's my favorite, iVoters.com, which is run okay. by the Ohio Roundtable. Uh, iVoters.com is a great place to go to look for great information on who and what their, their candidates are, what their experience is, what their background is, what their platform is, that sort of thing. I would go to iVoters.com. Okay, so that's I, like the letter I? Yeah, the letter I. I yep. Mm-hmm. yep, the letter iVoters.com, or iVoter.com. Hold on, I don't know if it's... Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let, let me type it in, because I don't know if it's plural or, sing, plural or singular. No, I was right. It's plural. It's iVoters, the letter I, and then voters.com. That's it. Okay, my friend. Thank you. You got it. Appreciate it. Uh, No, it's a great site. You put in your street address, you put in your zip code, and then you click find your ballot. And then anything that is on the ballot in your area that you have a potential of voting for, all of the information and issues will be explained to you there. It's a great, great, great service. Dan in uh, Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. Go ahead. Uh, Good morning. Uh, I I agree everything you said on Lakewood and that lady. It was incredible. I'm pretty familiar with Lakewood from over the years. It's a very stately town, very neat, very classy town going back, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know. But I don't believe for a second that principal got up last Friday in the morning and said, let's make a statement about this and called up the band director. She got that from all those other, the city and, and the board. It doesn't happen unilaterally like that. That's just my opinion there. Well, I can tell you this. I can tell you this. There is one board member, at least one board member that I know of through my sources, who is a former police sergeant who was livid when he heard about this. So clearly it did not go through the board as in a vote of the board to do this or consultation with all of the board because he did not know about this and he was furious about it. But he's Um, not the only guy there. (laughs) <laughs> no, he's not. But again, uh, yeah, I've got I people who are close to the situation who sure. say that the board was not made aware of this. This was a principal and a band director. And it wasn't that morning, by the way, because clearly they that had to train the band to practice to play that song. They had no, to teach I'm, that I'm song. exaggerating. I'm yeah. exaggerating. Okay. But yeah, they had to teach the band members, the students, to play that song. So clearly this is something that had some aforethought. Can I make a comment on the virus? Mm-hmm. Okay. I... I I agree. I like the doctor you were talking to earlier, mm-hmm. but never in our whole lives, you, me, and everyone's listening, they never tested people for flu and the common cold 
which is a coronavirus also. Some people get two or three colds a year. That's contagious. However, they never take tests. So if they tested for the flu and the cold like they're doing for this China virus, you'd have uh, 11 out of 12 million people in Ohio will be tested. And uh, you remember Dr. Sherry Tempenny you had on? Sure, yeah, I'm going to have her on again soon. She commented once, and it was always remembered. I remembered from your interview, she says, you could be tested. You know how sensitive it is? You might have had a virus fragment from five years ago from one of these 36 uh, variations. And that's that's the real science. They're that's testing a... people that aren't sick. If, you, if you're not sick, I don't care if you test positive. You're and that, that might be the case. That might be the case with President Trump, for all we know, because, again, he yeah. has shown no signs. He is asymptomatic completely, according to those around him. But and obviously we sick. see him daily. Yeah, right. You're not you're not sick. So um, and that is what, as I mentioned to Dr. Davidson, the CDC. Thanks for the call. I got to go, uh, uh, Dan. But as uh, the CDC said, just as, as recently as uh, three weeks ago, I think it was maybe four. As many as nine in 10 people who test positive may not be sick. They're, they're being tested, and the, the really, really super sensitive tests are picking up particles of a past coronavirus they may have had and uh, or the antibodies for the current novel coronavirus. So, you know, it, it, is, it is at the height of your responsibility, in my opinion, the height of your responsibility for them to push this the way that they are. I mean, seriously. Um, we'll talk more about it as we continue after this on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 1056, final segment of the broadcast. Uh, until I come back tonight, by the way, I'll be on for Larry Elder tonight, uh, 6 to 9, live, uh, 7 to 10, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. So make sure you tune in that, for that as well. Uh, PD in Eastlake on AM 1420, The Answer. Is that Plain Dealer in Eastlake? I don't know. PD. No, it's B as in boy. It's, it's B as in boy, not D. Oh, oh okay, PB. Okay. Yeah. Like peanut butter. Yeah, nothing to do with the plane dealer. I stopped them years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, go right ahead. Before I get to my topic, Bob, I just want to ask you real quick about the liquid game. Do you know if anybody yeah. bothered to sit down during the so-called BLM National Anthem? Well, yeah, pretty much our entire side did. All right. Okay. I feel good yeah. now. I feel a little bit better. Well, it wasn't really during the it wasn't really during the song because we didn't even know what the song was. It was just being played by the band, so there were no word no there were no words. We didn't even know it was playing. But once they started making that speech and we heard what they were saying about America and about our police force, et cetera, that's when we all sat. Oh, very good. Okay. Now my topic okay. is a, a friend of mine called me yesterday. Yesterday morning, he said he lives in a, he lives in Lakewood. He lives in a small house way back in the driveway, you know, off the road. Somebody knocked on his door and asked him if he was, you know, asked him if he was registered to vote. He right. said, yeah. And, and then he asked, he proceeded to ask my friend if he would be interested in selling his ballot for $50. You know, if he, if he could write Selling in, his he ballot? Would, no, what, my, what this guy wanted to do was get information from my friend. They were going to write. They're going to send in to get a ballot delivered to his house. Then they were going to come back within a week or two. Once the 
they figured by then the ballot would get delivered and he would give them $50 for the ballot. Well, here's here's what I would say to that. There, there are a lot of scams. There's mail and Thanks for the call, PB. Um, there, there are a lot of scams, a lot of mail-in scams and these kinds of things. Uh, that's, that's a scam. Nobody's trying to do that because why would you pay $50 for a ballot when they're going to be mailing out unsolicited ballots? I know people who are getting four, five, six ballots. Already, they're being mailed ballots, they're being mailed absentee ballots, all kinds of things, and people are confused. They don't know which ones to fill out. Those things are going to be a plenty, which is why it is so ridiculous to have mail-in voting in the first place. Because we don't know who's getting them. We Unsolicited, we don't know who's filling them out and sending them back. And how many times, and how many different names can be put on them. We all know this. For crying out loud, they're mailing ballots to dead dogs and cats in their names. Why would you need to buy one? Yeah, don't fall for scams like that. That's, that'll be the last word of the day for me right now. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show today. Don't forget to join me tonight as I host the Larry Elder Show. Other than that, have a safe and free weekend. Bye-bye.